All right, would you bow your heads in prayer with me? Lord, grant that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth may be pleasing in your sight. So this day your word may be preached to the joy and edifying of your holy people. That in steadfast faith we may serve you and in the confession of your name abide unto the end. In your name we pray. Amen. Now this morning, I want to read to you something I found on the internet. Article written by a young lady. She writes, Many of my friends were recently invited on an all-expense-paid international trip. Great for them. But I was left out. Of course, my first reaction was not to rejoice in their good fortune or to delight that they got to enjoy incredible experiences. Initially, my heart was jealous. I was hurt. Why did they get to go? But not me. I was stinging under a sense of entitlement. I'm in my mid-twenties, and my generation is notorious for our attitudes of entitlement. We think we deserve more than we do. When we don't get it, our, our entitled siren starts blaring. We, we often act irrationally in a way that looks foolish from the outside. Now, I want to tell you, I don't think her generation has a corner on the market. I think that maybe most of us at one, one time or another struggle with this, this thing called entitlement. What is it? Well, entitlement is a belief that we inherently deserve privileges and special treatments. Or that we have the right to something. You know, when you read the story of Palm Sunday, entitlements all over the place in that story. I mean, the disciples, they're thinking, we've been with Jesus three years. That ought to have earned us something. And so they think that they should be allowed positions of greatness in his kingdom. Lord, let me sit one at your right and the other at your left when you, when you come into your kingdom. The crowds, the crowds shout their entitlement. They think they're entitled to a Messiah who will throw off the oppressive Romans. They even shouted, Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna, which means, Lord, save us now. Rulers, Pharisees, they think they're entitled. They think they're entitled to the limelight. And I think they think Jesus is stealing it from them. Lord, rebuke, teacher, rebuke your disciples. What about in your life? Will you ever say anything that sounds 
entitled. I, after what he did to me, I have a, I have a right to be angry. I, I deserve to be able to hold a grudge. After the day I had, it's, I'm entitled to come home and drink all the beer I want. If you knew what it was like at work, you'd understand why I come home so short-tempered. I've been working at this job so long, there's no way that they'll lay me off. There's no way I deserve a promotion. You know, I had a, in a previous parish, I had somebody who'd been a member all their life, who was upset with one of the newer members, came to me, said, Pastor, who does she think she is? I've been a part of this congregation my whole life. I have a right to do things my way. Now, you can call entitlement by, by this, this stone by all sorts of other names. You could call it self-righteousness. You can call it arrogance. You can call it pride. You can call it self-centeredness. But whatever you call it, entitlement can be a huge obstacle in our relationship with God and in our relationship with each other. I mean, just, just look at Holy Week. When those disciples didn't get what they thought they were entitled to, one betrays him. Another denies him. They all desert him. The crowds that shouted, Hosanna on Palm Sunday. What were they shouting on, on Good Friday? Crucify him! Those leaders, they were plotting to kill him. Bring it up to today. I saw on the news this week on one of the online services that in different parts of the country there have been pastors arrested because in defiance of what the government was asking, they went ahead and had Services and their claim, well, I have a constitutional right. And that may be so. But what is it doing to their witness? What, is it, what kind of risk is that sense of entitlement bringing to those in their parish of the virus, the illness. You may have a right to be short-tempered. You may be entitled after whatever kind of day you had. But what does it do when you take it out on your family? When you take it out on your kids? And you and I may think we deserve whatever God could give us. 
But how then will we ever understand what grace is? How then will we ever understand what it means that God loves us even though we don't deserve it? How will we with our sense of bliss and entitlement ever appreciate the mercy of God? That is, the idea that God withholds from us the punishment we do deserve. You know, their, their sense of entitlement that Holy Week, it blinded them to, and it blinds us to who God is and what he's come to give us. Blinds us to who it was that rode into Jerusalem that, that first Palm Sunday. See, Jesus is the only one who could truly be called entitled. Did you hear it in today's text? Did you hear it? Paul writes of Jesus, he was in the form of God. He talks about the fact that he was equal to God. Jesus is God himself in flesh and blood. He's, he's the second person of the Holy Trinity come to live among us. He's worthy of honor and praise. Psalm 145, it's talking about Jesus. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your to another and shall declare your mighty acts. That's Jesus. Yet what does he do? Jesus willingly gave up all that he was entitled to. Think about what Paul writes. He says, though he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. That, that phrase, to be grasped, it literally means to be insisted, to insist upon. It means that Jesus didn't insist upon his rights as God. He didn't stop being God, but he did not hold on too tightly to all that he was entitled to. No, he emptied himself. He willingly set aside his rights. He came not to be served, but to serve. You know, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem that Palm Sunday, he didn't come on a horse, a soldier's steed. He didn't come on a rich man's camel. He came riding. He came riding on a poor man's donkey. And when they came to arrest him, he didn't put up a fight. Remember what he said to his disciples? Do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father and he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels? When they lied about him at his trial, he did not speak in his own defense. Now, Isaiah says he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus himself said it in the 12th or 11th, I forget which, 10th chapter of John. 
No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down, my accord. Yeah, he gave up all he was entitled to. More than that, Jesus gave up all he was entitled to in exchange for the punishment that we're entitled to. I love these words from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For our sake, he, God, made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us. That in him we might become the righteousness of God. Or, or what again of Isaiah in chapter 53. We esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we're healed. You know, I, I love the series Crowned. And there's a lot made in that series about why... Queen Elizabeth is queen. And she's queen because her uncle, King Edward, abdicated the throne. Gave up his crown for the sake of the woman he loved. Oh, my friends, Jesus did more than that. Yeah, he gave up his crown, right? for the sake of those he loved, for your sake and mine. But you know what? Look to the top of this cross. Look at the crown he took. Right? He wore in its place the crown of thorns. He suffered. He was nailed to a cross. And with him our sin... Our entitlement was nailed to the cross with him. And when he was raised from the dead on the third day, it was so that we might have his crown, the crown of life, the crown of glory. As Jesus humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. And therefore God has highly exalted him and placed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He rolled the stone away. So what does it look like then? What does it look like to live without entitlement? I love how Paul describes that life in the four verses we haven't looked at yet, the four verses that begin Philippians 2. It says, If there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from His love, love any dissipation in His Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. And I'll go to the next part. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. You want to know what this looks like to live without entitlement? 
follow Jesus through Holy Week. Watch him. He girds himself about with a towel, gets down on his hands and knees, does the work that only a lowly servant would do, washes their feet. Watch him as he prays for them on the cross. Father, forgive them. Want to know what it looks like? It looks like you and me coming home from a hard day, more concerned about what kind of day did our spouse have in our own day. It looks like you having the energy at the end of a tiring day to, to play with your kids or your grandkids, to help them with their homework. It looks like you and me, no matter how much we've been hurt, no matter what that other person did, even if that other person isn't sorry, forgiving them. It looks like this, an empty church, an online worship service, us foregoing our time together and even Holy Communion for a while for the sake of everyone's health, for the sake of one another, for the sake of our community. It looks like just exactly what, what Paul said. Considering as more significant than yourself. Putting the interests of others ahead of your own interests. It looks like you and me setting aside our rights. Giving up our entitlements. Why? Because when Jesus rose to Jerusalem that Sunday, that's what he was doing for you and for me. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.